What's up, Brad Dads? We have a special guest with us tonight. Tillman Givens joins us. Tillman, what's going on, man? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys for having me. Um, it's actually been one of my bucket list items to be interviewed on uh, a podcast. So I'm getting to check one of them bad boys off and, you know, to do it on this platform first. Dude. That's awesome, dude. We love it. That's awesome. That, that, that means a lot to us. Why don't you uh, tell us about yourself? Yeah, so uh, my name is Tillman Gibbons III. Obviously, it's a family name, you know, uh, but I do absolutely hate when people call me Trey. And uh, I cannot confirm or deny if that has anything to do with someone I went to high school with named Trey. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, if you're watching this, please continue. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, my, you know, I'm from Louisiana, humble beginnings, you know, moved to Houston when I was real, real young. So nice industrial city and, you know, uh, just kind of been trying to find my way through life for a long, long time and uh, just been learning, learning as I go, you know, learning as much as I can as I go. And the beautiful thing about life is, you know, as long as you wake up and you're above ground, you get another opportunity to evolve as a human being. So that's something I never take for granted that I did take for granted when I was younger, but not anymore. Uh, we, all, we all did stupid things when we were younger. Yeah. So I actually um, grew up with a military father, um, very, you know, business-minded home. Uh, so I can't tell you how many times I woke up Saturday morning with, on your feet! <laughs> <laughs> Just so I can uh, go cut the hedges. And there you go. You know, spin a, and then his, my, my grandfather, so his father was, you know, a, uh, a gardener for a living. So he was a landscape architect, as we say today. But so he took a lot of pride in the yard. So, but that, you know, that taught me a lot of lessons in like excellence and having to go back and redo things and things of that nature. So, yeah, it's been a blessing. I, I'm very blessed to have a, you know, a very big family as well. Like my dad is one of 12, my mom is one of nine. Damn. Oh, wow. Yeah, so finding a venue for our family reunions is a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's that's great, man. That's amazing. And are you in Houston now or still in Louisiana? No, I've been in Houston since, you know, I was pretty much born. Um, like, I don't know. I have a sister that's four years older than me. So I was, I don't even know, like, like literally as soon as I was born, we were here. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. so did you get you get affected by that uh uh winter blast, the yes. cold temps? Yes. Yes, it was very, very cold. And uh so it's it's funny uh, about this show because that morning I usually wake up at like four o'clock in the morning to go to the gym. So that morning I'm trying to hurry up and get a a, a five-year-old and a three-year-old to move expeditiously, needless <laughs> to say. And so my plan was that I was like, y'all, y'all not going to believe this. Elsa from <laughs> has put snow everywhere. That's awesome. <laughs> Elsa? I'm like, yeah, we got to get ready. We got to get back. We got to go see. They're like, what? Elsa from Elsa's, Elsa's outside? Elsa's outside. We got to go see. Like, Make sure you get ready to go. And uh, so that was my little quick tactic. But inside, I'm like, all this anxiety is coming up. I'm like, yeah, go get ready. You know, hey, when you get done, I'll give you a fruit snack. Like, fruit snacks too? 
that's it's awesome. Christmas all over. Right? That, that, that's pretty creative, man. That's pretty. That's that's good. That's good. So we were gonna we we're gonna ask you how many kids you have, and you said you got a five and a three year old. Yep. Yep. Boys, so girls, girls or boys. Yeah, my, uh, I got really lucky, and I got my son was born first. So I promised my grandmother that I was gonna name my firstborn son after her husband who had passed away. So my great grandfather, who I never got to meet. But when I would go to Louisiana, she would always tell me these stories in the nursing home about Tillman Gibbons the first. And awesome. uh, so that's how he actually got his name. You know, most people think it's like an ego thing on me, but it really was just <laughs> me keeping my promise to my grandmother. That's but, amazing. Uh, so yeah, he's a uh, TG4. So Tillman Gibbons the fourth. So we halfway there to King Henry the eighth, baby. You know? <laughs> we <on> the <laughs> They got to they gotta keep it going. It's so funny. Up until the interview, I was like, yo, we're interviewing TG3. Just like you're like, common name. Everybody knows who TG3 is. And it's, and it was just back and forth. And, he's, and even tonight, like when Sal came over, he's like, hey, TG3 is tonight, right? And I was like, yeah, TG3. Like, it just became like this common thing. And it's so funny. Like, you know, it just rolls off the tongue. Man, I, I, I honestly use it a lot. Um, and then I, at, at one point I had to like switch my brand into my actual name because uh, RG3 was out at the time. <laughs> everybody would just be like, oh, like RG3. And he just kept getting injured. So I'm glad he's like not really out there anymore because I can get TG3 back. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're, 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 you're a father of two. Yes, sir. Um, what challenges if any, did you face while raising, while raising your, your, your two kids? Definitely the first challenge that I incurred was uh, balancing sleep. <laughs> yes. Uh, like, <laughs> man, that first one, uh, you know, it, it's, it's so interesting. It's an interesting dynamic when you first become a father because when you hold the baby in your arms for the first time, I, I think as dads, it doesn't become really real to us until the baby's here. If that makes sense, you know. No, like, no, I agree with that. But it's like when the baby comes out and you, and you see it, and then you're holding them, and you're like, "Oh snap!" Like I'm a dad, you know what I mean? Like, and then there's all this, like I got to provide, you know, all this pressure. And so uh, I was very thankful for the nurse that told me, "Look, when the baby goes to sleep, you go to sleep," and that's literally the only thing that saved me. But just balancing, you know, work and trying to wake up and um, make bottles. And, you know, if my aunt is watching this, thank you so much for that bottle sanitizer. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes you have sleep, it's three o'clock in the morning, you're putting bottles in, you grabbing ones out, smelling it. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> smells like dirty formula, just trash it. You know <laughs> so that, that was like my, my biggest challenge. Uh, but in terms of like raising them in total, I would say that, uh, the biggest challenge is just overcoming your own self-limiting beliefs and your own self-limiting doubts and being mindful of not imparting that into the next generation. Because we all grow up with these ideas that society puts on us or maybe that our parents have for us that, you know, they kind of come out when you're trying to raise a, raise a child. So you want to make them better naturally. So I think that that's the biggest challenge is being able to realize the the traumas that you had 
or the, the uh, disbeliefs that you had and personally overcome those and realize those and help your child be better than that before they even occur, you know? So. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I don't know. <clears throat> one of the posts I, I made um, last week, I think it was, it, it said, be the father to your child you never had, or be the father to your child you wanted your father or, or you wanted your father to be, mm-hmm. or you be the father to your child. Your father wasn't. So basically, you know, you wanted your father to be a different person or you, you, you had some expectations or certain things that your father did. You know, you just put that in the back of your mind. Okay. He did it this way. I, I want to change it. I, I want to do it my own way and, you know, change things. So I, Yes, it, kids are young. You build a foundation, and they're like sponges. They they absorb a lot, you know. Tell me about it. Yeah, <laughs> and then just real quick, let me touch on that. So, the other thing is that it exposes all of your bad habits, you know, because yes. you realize it, and then you're like, "Oh, why are you doing that?" And you're like, "Wow, I do that? Oh man! All right, so I gotta stop put, putting this here, and I gotta stop this habit." So. Yeah, they definitely expose. Yes, yes. That you thought that you didn't do. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. What raising kids? What has it taught you? If what lessons have they, in essence, taught you? What 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 have you learned from raising your kids? Yeah, I love that question. So, when when I first gave my son his name. I, I, uh, I, I remember LeBron James came out and he said that he regretted giving Bronny his name. And I kind of felt the same way. But one of the biggest things that I got from that was it exposed my own negative self-talk and it started weeding out some of my own self-talk because then when I would tell him, oh, Tillman, you're doing a great job or Tillman, I love the way you did that or whatever the case may be, then it's like I'm reinforcing what I'm saying to myself since we have the same name. So that would be the number one thing is that my self-talk with uh, how, I, how I talk to myself has improved simply because my son has the same name and then in turn helps me become a better father to him and my daughter. Absolutely. That's actually funny you say that because that's part of the reason me and my wife, when we were thinking about naming my firstborn, because I have two boys. And I didn't name my, so I'm a junior. I didn't name my first son after me. We named him uh, Nico, which is partially after my brother, who's Nicholas. Um, But we decided we liked Nico better. And then the funny thing is when my second son came along, I was like, well, maybe we can name him Robert. She's like, no, you missed your chance. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, you know, we still can name him. She's like, no, no, that was number one. You could have done that with number one. And I was like, all right. Well, I guess that's out the door, but like, it's the same thing. Like the first one, I didn't even think about it. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do a third. Like I felt like third was too much to your point. Like, all right, what am I doing? King, King Henry the eighth. But then yeah. like looking back on it, you're like, I, like, I love that you did that. Like I, I really do because that was for me, my, my name is Robert Paul. My grandfather, my mom's dad, was Paul and my dad's name was Robert and my dad was just Robert Paul. It just happened that way. So it was nice that it all planned out. But 
with my son, we were like, no, we're not going to take that route, but I love that you did that. And like, there's, there's good um, currents underneath to, to kind of help drill home, like the lessons you're learning. Cause you're like, Oh wait, I gotta remember this too. Like there's lots of things we say to our kids that like, as we progress through life, we're like, well, we kind of forgot that. Now we got to remember like, Hey, we're telling our kids like be better people, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. Are we doing that every day? Like, but for you, you're like, Hey, Tillman. Oh wait, I'm Tillman too. So it, it kind of resonates back. I love it. I, you know, I take it a different way because I don't have that luxury, but at the same point, I learn a lot from my kids and just being like, Hey guys, like you have to do this. You have to treat people the same way you want to be treated. You know, you're not going to, not everything's easy in life and you kind of have to get through. And I love that. I love that perspective from you. And at the end of the day, I figure I, I couldn't be any worse than George Foreman, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So yeah, exactly. They're all walking around, right? They're all still walking around. So yeah, exactly. So the one thing I was looking at your, and I don't even know what it is, link tree or whatever, or whatever it's called. I love, so I'm Catholic. I'm, you know, both Sal and I are pretty devout i don't over the last year probably not so much because of everything that's going on covid kind of covid uh, kind of killed my interest to go to church and handshake and and everything but i love that you're introducing that as part of your platform and religion is is really resonates you know just even clicking through you're like hey this is part of me this is this is a big part do you get any like you know how do you feel that kind of resonates with your business and with your kids I'd love to hear about it because no one else we've ever interviewed has even talked about religion. Yeah. So uh, it's funny that you brought that up because, you know, sometimes we get like this inclination from God that we're supposed to do something and we procrastinate on it for so long, you know, but yet we make time to watch the game. You know, we make time to, um, you know, cut the hedges or we make time to pay bills even, you know what I mean? So um I just, I, like one day I just got up that day and I had been up and I had been fasting actually for like 36 hours. And the next day I was like, you know what, tomorrow I'm gonna do it. So I did it. And the great thing I love about it is that when you have a platform where you can say, hey, look, we have a lot going on with this pandemic. A lot of people have been killing themselves. A lot of people have been dealing with depression. A lot of people have been dealing with anxiety. So just the simple fact that like they see that and they, I read them like every day, you know, I read them every day. And sometimes the one thing I like about it is that sometimes we get so focused on our job and our business and our kids and our bills and raising up. But when you take the time to say, okay, this person took the time to fill out this form on the prayer request on my platform, I'm going to take the time to pray for what they're going through. It has a great way of taking the focus off of you and understanding that you have a bigger impact on such a larger scale that it, 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 it tends to like calm all your anxiety, calm all the pressures of that we have in our daily world in 2021. And then from that state, when your children wake up, you know, you're like, good morning, you know, let me give you a hug or whatever, because you've been praying for other people. And then it just leads into praying for your children, so forth and so on. But directly for them, you know, uh, I mean, they're to the point now where they can pretty much almost say the Lord's Prayer, like as I'm saying it, they're almost to the point at night, it's like a nightly thing. So 
if I don't do anything else, like I make sure that we, we say the Lord's prayer at night for sure. That's amazing. So the one thing I do, I don't know if you do this, but we do, we try to do grace before dinner. Mm. And it's really funny because I went to my dad. So my, my parents are divorced and I went to my dad's and they did grace before dinner. I was like, I don't remember doing that as a kid. I was like, I remember doing it once in a while, like, like holidays, but I don't remember doing it every night. Mm. So we went over there and my dad did it. And this was a couple of years ago. And ever since then, or maybe a year ago, and ever since then, like we try to do it. So I alternate between my boys, one's seven, one's 10. And I'm like, all right, one does it one night, one does it the other night. Sometimes we miss, but it's funny. The things you hear, they're like, thank you. My, my seven-year-old's like, thank you for all the mommies and daddies out there. And I'm like, what do you mean mommies and daddies? You got one of each. Like, dude, come on. But it's cute. And like, even tonight, he's like, my seven-year-old did it tonight. And he goes, thank you for everything. Cause he was, he was frustrated. He was ready to eat. He's like, thank you for everything. Amen. And I was like, all right, I guess we're hungry tonight. So it's good that we introduce religion. Listen, not everyone and doesn't resonate with everyone. I love that you introduced it as part of your platform. I really do because not everyone, not everyone really understands. Like I came from a very religious background. My brother's not religious, but I am. I've been going to church ever since, you know, I went in high school, I went through college, I went through my twenties and I'm trying to introduce it with my kids. And I feel it's very important because it gives you that stability, that, that nice stable layer platform. Yeah. You're building a foundation to, to, to what you've learned as a kid and i'm trying to do the same thing so we my kids go to public school and we we have to put them to uh, ccd they got to take uh, catechism religion yeah. and putting them through religion is, is is painful they didn't like going and you know we did the communion and it was just i think they were too young did you do it this year? Like no. we had to do virtual. So I don't know if your kids are doing this, but we had CCD and because of everything that's going on, it was virtual. Holy mackerel. But honestly, I liked it more. I, I'm not like, it is painful, but there's things I forgot about. Like I, I swear to God, like, like the Holy Trinity completely, like not that I forgot about it, but it was good to re-engage and re-understand that and read with them and understand what, you know, what they're learning because it's been God, I mean, 30 years since, since I, I learned that like, yeah, you go to church every day, every week, but like, that's not what you're talking about. You're not talking about the Holy Trinity. You're not like whatever your religion is, but I thought it was really, really interesting. Such on a religion tra- tangent. Yes. Let's pull it back. <laughs> so I love that you introduced it. I really do. I, I think it's awesome. So we met on Instagram, but I'm really curious, what other platforms are you, are you on? I know we talked about a couple before we interviewed, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So uh, definitely Clubhouse. You know, I love Clubhouse. I'm at, uh, at Tillman Gibbons, the number three. So I, I, I still have my Facebook page. I have my Facebook business page. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on uh, TikTok. I love the dance. Low key. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> What yeah. about my, what about MySpace? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still on there. Just me and Tom though. <laughs> me and Tom. We we, we, talk, we talk every now and then. <laughs> Tom's the only one left on there. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm 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 on pretty much every platform. But you know, I kind of 
it's, it's at the point now where it's getting like too much to manage. So I have like my top two that I really like. And, um, you know, I'm getting a lot better at repurposing content versus just creating different content for each platform. So that's one thing we noticed is that, so when we came into this, we can't try to come in large and there's only the two of us. So our main focus is obviously the podcast and we came in with like the podcast is our focus, but then we wanted to do our social media. So we did Instagram. We try, we're doing Facebook. We have a Twitter account and we use like a Hootsuite or Hootsuite. Yeah. But the reality is, is like, you have to focus on one, even if you're posting to all, like your engagement has to be on like one or two. Like we've talked to some other dads who said, all right, I'm doing Instagram and I'm doing TikTok. I like doing TikTok because it's kind of cool. Um, and we talked to other dads like yourself, like, hey, I'm doing Instagram, but I'm also going to start doing Clubhouse. So, I mean, I see you on Clubhouse. You invited us to Clubhouse. So thank you. Yes, thank you. But you're killing it on Clubhouse, man. Give us your secrets. Tell us what you're doing. Yeah, so... um, so it's, it's, it's funny because on, on Clubhouse, I have this quote at the bottom of my Clubhouse, which I think Clubhouse is probably my favorite platform right now. At the bottom of that, I have a quote that says, the longer you take to fulfill your purpose, the more people that you are meant to serve are suffering. That was the quote that got me on the Clubhouse. The night before, my cousin, my cousin Megan, shout out to Megan. I love you, you know. <laughs> she had recently had a baby and we was up real late. I was like, you know, I know how it is. You know, I'm going to stay up with you. I'm supposed to go work out at the gym at four. She was like, have you been on Clubhouse yet, right? I was like, nah, nah. So I, I, I downloaded it and sat on it for like a while. I didn't even know what the party had meant or what it was when I got on the Clubhouse. Because when I got on, for real, it was, it was gone. So, uh <laughs> So I got on there and uh, this, oh, oh, okay. Just real quick. Oh, I got to tell you this. Okay. <laughs> so I got on there. My cousin's like, she told me that quote. I said, you know what? I'm, I gave you my word. I'm going to get on there tomorrow. I got to drive an hour to a meeting. I'll get on there. So I get on there and the first room, if you will, that jumps out at me is a room by a place called the But God Community, Right. And so they were having this discussion around this question. The question was, when people turn their back on you, do you have the fortitude to stand alone? And I was like, I'm qualified to speak on this one. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So basically what ended up happening was I get on stage, right? I got an hour towards my meeting. I had just drank the energy drinks. I was really hyped up. You know, and I shared my story. The lady who was the moderator said, oh, my God, I got to introduce you to this guy. She pings that guy into the room. He comes into the room. Me and him connect. He ended up being a single father with three and was like, hey, I'm starting this uh, this 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 ministry for single fathers. And I'd love for you to be a part of it. We jumped on, connected on Instagram. Right. Started talking, you know, exchange numbers, the whole nine yards. Then. um he ended up being from Louisiana as well, which was crazy. So it was like a crazy connection from that point. I just started getting a bunch of followers, like straight from the room. Uh, and then it ended up flowing into something where we were able to help other dads, like starting, I think it was like three weeks after that. And me and him got together and planned some stuff. And, you know, it was great. Like we actually put our minds together and was like, okay, what are other dads struggling with? Like, what experiences do you have and that I have that we can share and help them with? 
And that ex from that experience alone, I was like, this is it. This is it. This is the this is where I gotta be. And so that was pretty much what catapulted me into um having a place where I could like it, it, it like literally in my bio, I have my three core values, which is connection, authenticity, and impact. And if Clubhouse doesn't have a slogan yet, call me. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna charge you a small fee. <laughs> but I got you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got you. That, that's amazing. That, that, that's my core value. So I put them in there because I was like, if anybody doesn't, you know, rock with these three core values and it turns them off, then it's doing it's doing its job. So um, that's pretty much what catapulted me. And then I started jumping into a lot of other rooms. And, you know, the more I got into it, the more I started having more sleepless nights. I think everybody has that reaction when they first get on there. But I have, you know, dad groups and there's fitness groups and health, health and wellness stuff. And there's so many different um, avenues that, I think that I had just been holding inside and I never had an opportunity to speak. And then once I did, it just went off. From where, there. Are you, where are you focusing on? You said like dad groups, health, uh, health and fitness. Is there one or another that you're focusing on or not really? You're just so, kind of everything. So right now I have a, a show that I host pretty much every morning at seven o'clock in the morning within a particular club called the Hustler Club which is actually one of the top 10 clubs on Clubhouse. So if you're not following, go follow the Custer Club. It's amazing. But um, that club, you Someone know- Someone tried to add me. Isn't that a St. Louis club though? Uh, St. Louis? Yeah. Hold on. I may be part of the Hustler Club already. The Hustler Club. Is that what you yeah, said the, the Hustler Club? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So yeah, everything <laughs> I was just connecting with on the Hustler Club was just really, really awesome. And uh, to be honest with you, like anybody who really, really knows me knows that I'm a very random person. So I have a lot of different rooms that I jump into. Every Sunday, I'm a part of a room called Healing Through Trauma. That's been really cool. Um, I jump into a lot of the health and wellness ones. Um, just anywhere I think I can add value and add impact, but also I jump into a few where I can learn. Like last night, it was, uh, they had a room called uh, Conversation with Me and My Rich Friends Come Be a Fly on the Wall. And I just got a chance to sit there and listen and literally took like a whole page worth of notes of things that I can draw from it to help, you know, further what I'm trying to do in my business. So that, that's awesome. But uh, uh, the short answer would be a smorgasbord. So. <laughs> <laughs> so has it has it helped your business 100 percent. yeah mm -hmm. so I, well, I, my, my business was pretty stagnant when i was like like facebook pages are kind of like playing the long game i felt like um you know twitter i don't even get on twitter it's, it's too much for me i you know um what else was i on uh linkedin linkedin has actually been really great but the ability to be able to speak authentically and connect with people, it's a different level of connection. So it's, it's able, it has a really good way of like weeding out the people that are not for you and attracting the people that are for you. So for a long time, I was on Clubhouse and I didn't even have my calendar for my business linked to my Instagram. And then I thought, I was like, dude, why don't you just add that in there? I added that. I started having more and more and more bookings. So so what, what's your primary business as of right now? So my Titanium King ad agency and consulting, my primary business. So I 
specialize in helping people get more leads, clients, and sales with Facebook and Instagram ads. And the more I did that and the more I was on Clubhouse, the more people kept coming to me and was like, dude, you should totally do consulting. But I think that kind of comes from my love for people and my love for seeing people get results because I used to be a personal trainer. And man, there's nothing better than seeing somebody lose 300 pounds, you know, go from 18 medications to nine, you know, uh, finally fit into that bridesmaid stress that they've been wanting to and they finally <laughs> get to show their sister up at the wedding. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just having those moments when they come back and show you that picture, that's like the best feeling ever. So I, I recently added the, the consultant piece, but yeah. And then I just wrapped up um, a really great meeting before I hopped on this interview that's going to completely change everything I do, completely expand my reach. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of new things coming. So I'm excited. That's awesome. Great meeting. So now that we, we spoke about business, just, just bringing it back to, to being a dad, right? And, and just think about leading up to being a dad or, or even, even being a dad. If you can go back, if there was one thing that you can say, you know what? I, I think I did this wrong. I'd like to change. Is there something that you would go back and want to change or do differently? How long do we have on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we try to keep it at 30 minutes, but that hasn't been successful. Yeah, that's been a failure at yeah. this point. But it's all good. Yeah, so um, before my son was born, I actually got this audio book by a guy named Dr. Sears. And if you don't know him, he was a pediatrician for 25 years, and he has eight children, or had eight children. Uh, so... I just used to drive around and listen to this book a lot. And so one thing I, I wish I would have done for sure was continue to listen to this book. Um, secondly, I wish I would have listened to that nurse more from the beginning when she said <laughs> baby goes to sleep. And I kind of I like foo-fooed it away and was like, all right, yeah, for sure. When my daughter was born, I was like, did you bat your eyes twice? All right, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to sleep, you know what I mean? So I started taking it seriously. And um, I would say, Man, I don't know. Uh, one thing I wish I would have done differently too was like kind of work on myself more, right. you know, like work it, on my own habits more. So it's it's hard to 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 do that because you know you newborn or, or leading up to newborn, you're trying you're trying to you know uh, get mama ready for to, for having the baby, and then you're trying to go through the things that you need to do to be prepared to have a baby, exactly. and then when, and then after having the baby, it's like. Oh my God, what do I do? So yeah, I, look, man, I, I, same way. I, 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 uh, same but thing. De but definitely two other things would be, um, I, I, I wish that I would have like, uh, because when my son was born, mental health was not a buzzword. Like it was not this out there, cool thing, hashtag. So I wish I would have had like a community of other dads that I could just like network with, maybe like meet up with once a week. Maybe we go bowling, maybe go to the gun range, maybe we go archery, go ax throwing, just something. Even if we just get together, share coffee and just talk about like getting thrown up on and cleaning up poop, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that would have been great. Cause I didn't, I didn't really take that seriously. So it was just, like, I was so focused on being a dad that I think that-, that You needed an outlet. Yeah. yeah. You're not. So that, that's another reason why we started this podcast. So, so other dads can, can be like, Holy shit. I'm not the only one that's going through the same thing. Look, yeah. It's 
being a father and, and having kids, it's, it's a challenge. It, it, there's obstacles and it's, it's, it's challenging. Dude, I, I will say this, right? So mental health, you, you, you talked about mental health, right? Mental health for me is when you're a dude, you're supposed to be this stand up dude. You're not supposed to cry. You're supposed to be like tough. And, you know, that's what you're supposed to portray for your children. That, that's the persona that is expected in society. I think I've cried more since I've had kids. I think I've like, you know, you tear about the stupidest shit. Like my son had a speech delay. Like my son can now speak like he's seven now. He didn't speak until he was four, I believe. But like he can speak like complete sentences. But now he says trouble not learning, but catching up with everything he should have known when he was younger. So like even hearing like him like read a book to me and like fully understand what he's saying is you like tear up. You're like, oh shit, like he's getting it finally. You know, to your point, like, all right, we have to bring home the bacon. You know, it's, you know, we want to provide for our kids. We want to make sure that, you know, college isn't an albatross on, around their neck. I'm not saying I, I'll be able to pay for everything, but I'll try to pay as much as I can. Like, so, you know, they don't have to endure that, that craziness. And hopefully they'll be able to, you know, get some sort of scholarship, like academic scholarship and just surviving and understanding and dealing with, you know, your relationships and your wife or your ex-wife and your single dad, you're going to have other interests in your life at the same time in the future. So you have to deal with that piece. So there's, I think the mental health piece for me is something that is just overlooked as a dad. And I think that community that has to be there to support parents and, and fathers Every time we have these conversations, we're like, all right, we understand moms. They do a lot and everyone understands it. And we always put it as like almost a caveat. Like we understand moms do a lot. All right. But dads do a lot too. And like what people don't understand is like dads give it their all. Most dads I know give it their all. I volunteer for every, every sport. I know this guy's on a board of like three different organizations and we have other friends who are on boards of organization. We're not doing it for us. We're doing it for our kids and yeah. we want to make it better for yeah. our kids. And you know, there's, there's a lot to it. And at the end of the day, people expect, you know, the dudes of the relationships to kind of be just, you know, you're the dude, you're, you're the, you're the rock, but, and this is going to sound so corny, but dudes got feelings too, man. <laughs> we got feelings and, and we, the mental health of it in reality is especially now with COVID, holy shit, I don't leave my house for like days. And it's like, the thing I look forward to is, is these sessions, you know, me and Sal get together. We interview people. We go to each other's houses. That that's the extent of it. Yeah. Ask him when's the last time he's been to the supermarket. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> Ask him when's the last time he's been to the supermarket. <laughs> I will go, everything man. To the door. Everything to the door, right? Yeah. Everything <laughs> to the door or they deliver it to the back of my car, man. I won't go. When the pandemic hit, it was, uh, it was challenging for my wife and I, because both, both my wife and I had, we got COVID. We had a mild case. We, we got the fatigue. We, we got the, the shortness of breath. We got the, the, the annoying cough, uh, no fever. But, you know, the doctor said, hey, you know, you got to isolate yourself from the rest of the family. How, how the hell you do that? You know, we got three kids. My wife and I both got it at the same time. And my mother-in-law lives with us and she's elderly. So we're like, uh, okay, it's, it's impossible. So we had you know, 10 bottles of hand sanitizer throughout the house. And we just, the kids, yes, they wanted to hug us, but shirt over the mouth and, and you hug the kids. And, and yeah. but we got through it. My kids didn't get it. My mother didn't get it. So, so we managed, but 
food shopping. Couldn't get, you know, delivery to, to the house. So I had to go food shopping. You got to be cautious, extremely cautious. So it, it was challenging. We got, we got through it. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you know, all the, the trials and tribulations of, of, of raising kids and, and, and having a family. So this is, this is my favorite question to ask dads we interview. <laughs> Give us your best dad joke. Oh, <laughs> this is a tough one. Man, I am so mad that I don't have this book near me. Book of dad jokes? No, yeah. Oh, so I was volunteering one time and I saw this book. It was like, it was like 75 dad jokes for Christmas time. And I just kept it around. I think it's in the trunk of my car right now, but I just kept it around for that time. But um, man, I couldn't even tell you. Like, I don't even know one. Like, I really, I really. Oh man, call it up short. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I hate to disappoint you, but uh, I, I, I pulled it out last Christmas, and then I haven't touched the book since. So, uh, so, so something you joke around with your kids about? Definitely Elsa. <laughs> that, that was that, that was good that was awesome yeah definitely elsa but um other than that i would say so it's not really a joke with them but i have this thing where like you know i i love playing playing into like their imagination you know and i think yeah. sometimes we don't do that enough so uh you know you're in business all day or you're doing all this stuff all day so one time my, t my son put a bunch of blankets out and he came in my room he's like Dad, dad, he's like, uh, we gotta go swimming. I was like, you gonna go swimming? He's like, yeah, come see, come see. And I go in the room, I was like, oh, you got a pool. Or, or he told me he had a pool, so I'm like, okay, cool. And then so I I, I I go back in my room and then uh he comes like walking in there like maybe two minutes later and I got my swimming trunks on. <laughs> and then I, I got a tank top on with a shark on it. I got black swimming trunks on and I got on like my little my little slides. Nice. He's like, he's like, Daddy, where are you going? I was like, I thought you said we was going swimming. <laughs> Dude, his face was like, what? Like he runs in the room, man, got his swimming trucks on a 3.5 seconds. <laughs> he's like, Aubrey, Aubrey, we going swimming, going swimming. My daughter comes in the running in the room with her bathing suit, uh, uh, Elsa bathing suit at that. Of course. And hands it to me. She like, put the bathing suit on. And we all got in there. I made some popcorn. And I was like, we just sitting in the pool, like watching uh, some Netflix. And I was like, That's I'm imagining I'm at a resort. I don't know where y'all <laughs> at, but I'm in a jacuzzi right now. You know what I'm saying? That's great. So we we like to ask dads this. Is is there something that started off that, hey, let's let's try this out. Let's do this one thing and eventually turned into a, a tradition, something that you, you constantly do with your kids, something that's special uh, to, to you and your kids, that one thing that you, you do together. Yeah, that one thing that we do together is like, uh, how's it go? It's like she came back and then I was like, step, step, Ben, Ben, up, down, up, down, come in, <laughs> give me high five, and I love my God. Think about it. We gonna ride out. Why we hit the whoa, whoa? You know that's awesome. That's awesome. Straight off of TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's freaking awesome. awesome. 
they heard me doing this like this that dance because I was up late watching TikTok. You know how you know how it is with TikTok. You get oh yeah, you get pulled in fast. So I started doing it, and like now they come to me and like do the dance, dude. One time, I was like so mad about something. I was so mad, right? And I was walking and. I was about to go to the bathroom and then my daughter was like about to go into the bathroom too. And I was like, uh, I guess I'll wait. Right. So I'm trying to make, make sure they go potty. So, so then, uh, right before she goes in, she comes and step back out. And she goes, step, step, me, me. <laughs> I was like, Hey, I'm done. I'm done. Come here. You know, and it just like completely changed my mood, man. So that's like one of the coolest things that I, I really like, but now they're just getting, you know, crazy with Alexa. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's that, that's a whole nother avenue that they just like to explore. My kids get aggravated with Alexa. Dude. Why, Daddy? Why isn't she listening to me? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe say her name and 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 then ask a nice question. I I don't know. I have no idea, but I get so much amusement out of that. <laughs> I I love when she doesn't respond. You, you uh, know what? Too. Have you ever tried asking Alexa for a dad joke? Alexa, give me a dad joke. Dude, it, it went over my house. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I don't know. Mine's just talking about flamingos, but. <laughs> uh, the one here was saying light bulbs, something about light bulbs. <laughs> that's pretty funny. So, hey, so next time on the show, I promise I'll have more now that I know that that's a possibility. <laughs> nice. So is there anything else you want to talk about that we didn't cover? That we didn't cover. Um, you know, I would just say that we didn't cover. Let me see. Yeah. So one thing I want to bring up is uh, I recently was, I had I have two things actually. One of them is that I recently found out about this thing that apparently has been around for a long time, but it's new to me. It's called Pinterest or something like that yeah <laughs> so i went on to pinterest and they were like uh i just started looking up like uh positive things to say to your child so i I printed out one of them and i put it right above the light switch in the bathroom so every time you go brush your teeth or put on deodorant or do your morning routine i just try to pick one and then focus on it and oh, the fun awesome. thing about that is some of those things you need to look in the mirror and tell yourself you know what awesome. I mean? Yeah, that's that's, that's funny. True. I don't use Pinterest for that, so I've been using Pinterest to find recipes. But that that's a good. Uh, wait, I like wait, that. Wait, wait, wait! Find recipes for what? You don't cook. Uh, I made hummus <laughs> last weekend. Two weekends oh, ago. Oh. oh yeah! Speaking of that, if any dad is listening to this, buy an air fryer. <laughs> See, <laughs> yesterday I I haven't committed to the air fryer yet. I, I no, it's it's fantastic. Do yourself a favor. Get you an air fryer. Yesterday, I put whole chickens in that bag, sweet <laughs> potato fries, eggs. I haven't touched the oven in months. Wow, it's, it's so handy. I so made handy. hummus for the first time two weeks ago, and I don't cook. Like he ain't joking. Like I, I don't cook. It came out amazing. Like it really did. Maybe a little bit garlicky. The the only but thing, I like garlic. The so. only thing he makes is like cheese sandwiches. That's it. <laughs> yeah, put the butter on it, and then flip it on both sides in the skillet. Yeah, there you go. My, my guilty pleasure is cooking. I, I love cooking. Barbecue, yeah. stovetop, oven, whatever. I, I love cooking. I love going to his house to eat when he cooks. 
I, I typically love to cook too, but I haven't in a long time since I got the air fryer. So <laughs> <laughs> like, that's awesome. <laughs> well, well, technically it's cooking, right? Facts. Yes. See, there you go. Facts. So if you could impart words of wisdom to other fathers, what would it be? My number one thing would be work, work on trauma, you know, work on your childhood trauma, because without that, you know, there, there's so many different things that we house in our physical body, you know, that has happened from however many years ago. And so, you know, I think working through that trauma and being able to see what comes up and doing the exercises and working on yourself, that's really the piece that you're going to be able to impart to, to your children, you know? Uh, so like, like one of the things, for example, that I saw even on Pinterest that just letting go of have to and should and changing that to, I want to, and is in alignment with my goals. Very powerful, you know, uh, just taking those things out and, uh, I think that's pretty much my biggest thing. And then going back to prayer, you know, having that foundation that when all else fails, that you're giving them somewhere to kind of go back to that well and, and to, to, to draw from. Because at the end of the day, we could talk about being excellent. We could talk about routines. We could talk about habits. But, you know, let's get, let's get real. Life is, life is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, Absolutely. You know, the one thing... And, and I've talked about this in previous episodes and actually when this drops, I'm pretty sure I would have talked to, talked about it in a um, previous, maybe the week before the week or two weeks before, but my son, one of the things that I try to instill in them is like, listen, if you fail, like, so my sons are learning skiing and, and snowboarding respectively for their ages. And my one son, when he was snowboarding, fell like pretty bad a couple of times. And with snowboarding, it looks a lot crazier because snowboards attached to your legs. Look, dude, so you fall so, and it's hurts, like, yeah, it hurts a lot more with a snowboard. when you're skiing, <laughs> it breaks off and you're kind of okay. So he fell a couple of times and got like a little bit disgruntled. I said, listen, it's not, it's not that you fell. It's how you pick yourself back up and try again, because I'll tell you right now, I said, dad's failed plenty of times mm-hmm. and you know, it's, you fail, you learn, and then you keep going and you try to, you try to move forward and you learn from your mistakes. And that's, that's the purpose, right? That's, that's all about life. Cause life's not going to, you know, it's not uh unicorns and what, yeah, whatever I call rainbows. Yeah. Unicorns and rainbows. It's, it's tough. And the thing like I was trying to instill in my kids is, you know, you're going to have to try and you're gonna have to try, try again. Like I remember, and I haven't said this before and just, you know, when I was in high school, right? I went to the same high school. I moved back to the same town I grew up in. When I was in high school, my math teacher pretty much told me I wouldn't amount to anything. And that drove me. And I've never said this yeah, to pretty no, much anybody. The first time I heard it. Holy shit. And that drove me to everything I wanted to do in my life. He does probably has no idea that he drove me with such determination to be as successful as I am because he's like, you shouldn't. So I was in AP math and he's like, you don't, and I don't think he meant it that way, but he's like, you don't deserve to be here. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I do. I was <laughs> like, I may like AP math's tough enough, but like, I'm trying to learn calculus. I'm like a 16 year old smart ass. Like, yeah, I like you're my teacher. You're supposed to be like, you know, motivating me, not telling me I'm not supposed to be here. So that drove me to a lot of the things today that I take. 
I give him a lot of credit though. He doesn't deserve it of where I, where I went because he drove me with such determination to prove him wrong. And this guy, like maybe had two years of my whole life. I I have a similar story. I had an economics teacher in high school and high school. I I was, you know, everybody in high school, they're, they're Mr. Know-it-all, right? You can't tell me what to do. I'm invincible. I know everything. So I was slacking in my economics class and uh, we took a test. He handed me my test, he handed out the test to, to, to the rest of the class. And, and he looks at me dead in the eye. Me, first person, picks on me. Sal, yes, Mr. Epolito. He goes, repeat after me. So I'm, I'm scratching my head. I said, what the hell is this guy going to say? Would you like fries with that? So I'm looking at this guy. I was like, what? what? He goes, repeat after me. Would you like fries with that? So I, I, I didn't repeat. I said, well, I don't understand. Well, what is this about? And he goes, you continue to slack off as you're slacking off. He goes, that's what your future is going to be. <laughs> Damn. And I was like, so a light bulb went off in my head. You know, yeah. it's like, ho- holy shit. You know, because I was in high school. I was having a good time. I was hanging out with my friends and I wasn't really focused on, on, on my schoolwork. So that kind of lit a fire under my ass and said, okay, you know, this is serious. I got to start really focusing on what I'm doing. And yes, you know, trying to balance uh, uh, friends and, and homework and, and schoolwork at the same time at, at that age, it, you know, it's kind of challenging, but I, I managed to do it. And, and I am where I am today because of that teacher, Mr. Polito. So, yeah, it's crazy. So it's, awesome. it's crazy who drives you in life. Yeah. And what drives you? You ain't said nothing but the truth. <laughs> but also, too, um, I, I think to your point, like, you know, I, I definitely don't want to leave out. I think that's the biggest lesson that we could teach them because in the words of Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. So <laughs> <laughs> ain't that yeah. the truth? It's, it's really about, you know, adaptability and like knowing what to do and knowing how to respond when you do meet adversity. And uh, I got invited to be on a panel yesterday where I was speaking to these college students and every single young man that was there got nominated by another teacher or a coach or somebody. So they got selected to be there. So somebody reached out to me, which was a huge honor. You know, they're like, hey, I like, you know, what you bring to the table. I think that you'd be a great person to be on the panel. So I joined the panel and, uh, you know, it was just such a great discussion from other young men that were, you know, 10, 12 years, like younger than me, going through that college phase and stuff like that. And, you know, just the different things that they brought up and like the different things that they talked about, how they were going through college and stuff like that. And me, I'm like, dude, I wish I was back in college. You're <laughs> you're tripping. Yeah. Uh, you don't know what you got right now. <laughs> <laughs> So I think just like letting them know, like, hey, look, I told him, I said, every time you have adversity, look at it as an opportunity to excel because everything that you enjoy right now was because somebody looked at that problem and made it into, you know, something that was changed their trajectory. And I told him, I said, look, I I, I, I called out the guy's name and I was like, you're wearing those AirPods right now. Somebody 
was walking around and said, man, you know what? I really don't like holding my phone to my face, man. I really would just probably rather have some headphones. And they created a headphone, right? It was a problem. And then somebody was probably working out or doing something. And they said, man, you know, I like these headphones, but this cord is just really in a way. Oh, you know what? Let me create these Bluetooth headphones. And that's something that you're getting the chance to enjoy right now. So my message to them was, when you do face a problem or you do get into a mess, let that mess become your message. You know, let that test be your testimony. When you face that adversity, look at it as opportunity for you to show your skills, for you to show your character and for you to step up and use it as an opportunity to excel. Some of the best businesses and things that we get to take advantage of today is because it was somebody's problem one time and they said, how can I turn this into a solution for everybody else? And then they learned how to monetize it. So, you know, that was uh, my biggest thing. Cause uh, it's funny that you mentioned economics cause one of the guys was uh, going into economics and uh, you know, he was just like really fearful about going into that space. Every day I see an obstacle and I believe that these obstacles are put in front of us for a reason. It's to test us. It's to test our strength. And it's up to us on how we decide to overcome that obstacle. We overcome it. We beat it. We're that much stronger each day. That's, that's how I look at life. So if, if a challenge presents itself, it's up to me how to work through that challenge and just become stronger from beating and overcoming that challenge. And that's what I try to teach to my kids. Like, don't, don't get upset that you, you couldn't do it the first time. You know, soccer, hockey, ice skating, roller skating. You're not just going to put skates on and, and be a pro. Except ice skating on the pond in front of your house. <laughs> That's a story for another day. <laughs> so you're, you're not going to put your skates on and be a pro. Right. And so my, my, my kids had a, a, a problem with that, adjusting to that. It's like, practice you got to practice and i i learned in psychology they said that practice it doesn't make perfect practice makes permanent mm -hmm. so it's it's building the foundation it's it's, it's being humble and, and teaching our kids the right thing you know being kind to each other respecting each other and treating and treating others how you want to be treated and 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 that's you know, it, it, that's everything of being a father, you know, teach your kids to be a better person than you are. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny to brought that up because I, I literally just used that in the boardroom today, but I, but I, I, I flipped it. So he was like, yeah, practice makes perfect. And I was like, actually, my coach taught me that perfect practice makes perfect. Because if you practice the wrong way, you're going to yeah, get sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like even the other day I was racing with my son. He was like, dad, let's race. So I raced. I let him beat me. And he's like, Oh daddy, I won. You lost. I said, Nope. I, I never lose. I only learn. <laughs> That's, great. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That is awesome. So it's just like, it, like incorporating those things, you know what I mean? So That's like, uh, whenever, whenever they, whenever they say, Oh, like I, I failed. I'm like, there's no failure. There's only feedback. Yep. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, you know what the word fail means, right? Oh, here we go. I don't. First, first attempt in learning. Mm. Right? I love that. First attempt in learning. First attempt in learning. Yes.
I, I tell my kids all the time. And the word no, I, you're going to hear this on, on, on other episodes, the one we recorded on Monday as well. So the word no, someone tells you no, right? Okay, that's fine. Next opportunity. I'll move yeah. on. Thank you. Right? I love that. And then uh, there, there, there's another funny one on Pinterest called, uh, if you go to Pinterest, it's like 25 ways to tell your children no without saying <laughs> It's so funny. Like, it's, it's, it's hilarious. But it is pretty effective. Yes. And, like, sometimes I just try stuff out just, just to see where it goes. And, like, 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 one, like, one of them is like, oh, I'll think about that. Yes. Or, like, or like you'll tell them. Like, they'll be like, Daddy, can I have a peanut butter jelly sandwich? And it's like 1230 at night. And you're like, you know what? That's a great idea. Let's do that another time. <laughs> like, you're like, another time? I'm like, what? I don't know what to do. But, but, but I'm hungry now. Or they come back literally 13 seconds later. Is it another time yet? <laughs> Definitely shouldn't have used that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, next, Pinterest. Next. Yeah. That was definitely my first attempt in learning. <laughs> well, Tillman, it has been a pleasure. This has been an awesome interview. Uh, thank you for coming on. Um, is there what, anything else you'd like to say or, or cover? No, nah, man. Hey, I just want to say thank you guys for having me. You know, thank you for being awesome dads. I don't think dads say that enough to each other. Thank you guys for standing up and making a platform that's going to help other fathers. You know, that's in and of itself something to be honored. And I don't think we talk about honor enough in America as much anymore. So I did martial arts when I was younger. We talked about honor and responsibility every day. So the fact that you took the responsibility to see a problem and do something about it, I honor that in you guys. So thank you guys for being awesome dads. Thank you guys for having me. It, it was a blessing to be here, honestly. I had fun. Yeah, so did we. Definitely a good time, and, and we'll definitely be in touch, man. We look forward to a, another interview in the future. Let's do it. All yes, right, absolutely. sounds good. Thanks, man. King me, me if you see me on Clubhouse. <laughs> absolutely, definitely. man. <laughs> All right, see you, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Amster's Prospect Tavern in Waldwick is a family-owned and operated since 1926 you know it's a funny story i was talking to norm while i was at amsters and i i asked him about the 1926 because on the building it actually says 1927 and i said hey your building says 1927 and he said that the uh, masons back in the day couldn't make a six so they they did a seven and it kind of makes sense but anyway Amsterdam's Prospect Tavern is truly the place where everyone knows your name, especially Norm, and not just because it's run by the owner, Norm. They have a real family and hometown vibe with excellent pub grub like their famous mozzarella bites or cheesesteak egg rolls, both which are handmade right in the kitchen by Deb, who is awesome. If you're not in the mood for pub grub, you can try their excellent selection of upscale weekly specials Offered Thursday through Saturday, like veal osobuco, slow-cooked short ribs, filet mignon, and lobster tails, just to name a few. They take pride in serving excellent food and making their customers feel at home when they are at Amster's. So if you're in the area, check it out. And if you're not in the area, why don't you make a special trek down to Amster's and say hello, hello to Norman Deb. And tell them the Rad Dad sent you. All right, and we're back. And our dad lesson for this week is 
Listen to your wife when she speaks. I mean, really listen. Sometimes when you think she is making a passing remark, she's actually trying to give you a hint. She's dropping that that hint, that subtle hint. Now pick the fuck up on it, dudes, because if you're not, you're daft. And to be honest, I'm daft about 75% of the time. And I will tell you from my experience, you should probably pick up on the hint because she's trying to fucking tell you something. Yes, like one of the hints my wife likes to drop is... Oh, it feels so great without not wearing underwears to bed. So, you know. I really hope she listens to this. So that's kind of like, hey, I'm in the mood. So, yeah, when your wife tells you she loves not wearing underwear to bed, that's like, dude, you better be ready. You better bring your A game. Let's go. I thought you were going to go with like, Hey, there's a back of a basket full of laundry over there. Get that shit done. No, you went straight to the. To oh the yeah, oh yeah. No, 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 no. No underwear to bed is. Oh my god. Yeah, man, we're getting it on tonight. I, can't <laughs> I really hope she listens to this episode. Now that we're done with Dallas, and we are going to go to the bourbon tasting. Yes, bur- it's the bourbon review night. Woo! You reading or you want me to read? Uh, you wrote. I can read if you want. All right, here we go. Look at this. I'll make this 150% so you can read. All right, read. that's awesome. So the bourbon we're reviewing is W.L. Weller Special Reserve, the original weeded bourbon, which I picked up from Lake Placid, found it in a uh, hole-in-the-wall liquor store. The alcohol classification is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Distillery is Buffalo Trace. Proof is 90%, 45% alcohol by volume. Age is undisclosed, filtration undisclosed, batch size unknown. The mash bill uh, from Buffalo Trace is was born. <laughs> what the fuck is born? Corn. Corn. <laughs> corn. It's wheat. not born. It's corn. <laughs> A combination of corn, wheat, and malted barley. So that's what happens when someone writes and the other one reads. <laughs> if he would read, he would have he would have just glossed over that. The awards is. Um, not too surprising, to be honest, is a 2020 gold medal, uh, San Francisco World Spirit Competition. They actually won that in 2019 as well. Wow. Yes. I mean, this is good bourbon. I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I like it a lot. I do like it a lot. Um, and the – what did we decide on? I think copper. So, yeah. So, a light copper is what we felt the um, – Color. The color. So, the price point, really – 55 to 85. So you got porked at the Yeah, I got fucking porked again. I've seen it for 55 online. Yeah, I don't know where you saw it for 55, but whatever. So Sal says 55 to 85. I think it's more between like 80 to 90. (laughs) So the history behind this is born in 1825. William LaRue Weller was one of the early whiskey pioneers in Kentucky. After serving with the Louisville Brigade in the 1840s, so Louisville Brigade meaning the military? Yes. Okay. Yes. Not not the baseball team or the football team. Uh, there's no football team or <laughs> baseball team known as the Brigades. There shows Sal's knowledge of sports. So Weller returned to Louisville to open his wholesale liquor business. Weller developed his original bourbon recipe with wheat rather than rye in the mash bill. Wheat is a soft grain provided his providing his bourbon with a mild, gentle, and smooth taste. Weller is reported to have used slogan honest whiskey at an honest price. He spent his lifetime educating consumers about the differences in his bourbon. William LaRue Weller's 
Weeded bourbon became so popular that Weller was forced to put a green thumbprint on the barrels to ensure that customers were receiving the real deal. Pappy Van Winkle, ooh, everyone got hard in their pants, didn't they? <laughs> Eventually merged Weller's namesake company with the APH Stitzel Distillery to form the Stitzel Weller Distillery. Thank you, Sal, for bypassing the rest of that right up. The legacy of William LaRue Weller continues to be honored today with award-winning weeded bourbons such as the Weller 12-year, Weller Special Reserve, and Weller 107 Antique. So nose and aroma, would you like to go first because these are your notes? Yeah, I can go first. So as soon as I open the bottle, I'd like to mention that it is a screw cap bottle. Uh, A lot of bottles that we've drank, we don't necessarily come across screw cap bottles. It's, It's mostly corks. Uh, I, I thought it was rather interesting that it was a screw cap. I, I don't know. Maybe it's it's odd to me. Usually when, when there's a screw cap bottle of wine, a screw cap bottle of wine is, is like the cheaper stuff. But this, I mean, it's better than boxed wine, right? That's what my girlfriend in college used, used to drink. You know what? I had boxed wine, and it wasn't terrible. That's what my girlfriend in college would have said. Right. So <laughs> to, to back, back to bourbon. All right. So screw cap bottle. Um, as soon as I opened it up, I, I smelled apricots, I smelled cinnamon, and I smelled vanilla. Um, we do the 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 uh, Rad Dad show uh, coined third glass, the dry glass, where we pour a, a little uh, splash into it, let it let the glass soak up the bourbon for a little bit, and then and then, and then dump it out and and let the bourbon dry off. <clears throat> Definitely. Um, oak undertones on that third that third glass the dry glass if you ever want to get a, a true or if you ever want to find the undertones of what what's in your bourbon uh i i suggest the if you're one if you're doing it by yourself do a second glass do a splash in the second glass wait 20 minutes and then pour it out and let it dry out that that's what we do and we've had tremendous success so apricot cinnamon vanilla and, and definitely undertones of oak on, on the uh, nose. Tasting notes, uh, I, I definitely get the wood undertone, uh, slight sweetness uh, when, you, when you sip on the palate, um, and, and a little bit of a burn. Finish, it's definitely a smooth finish. Overall, uh, I'm going to say this is an easy sipper. It's, it's the proof, is, it's a 90 proof. Um, if you put an ice cube in it or two, it, it'll definitely go down pretty quick and and, and dangerously smooth. Um, so, uh, am I going to give my ranking or you go are? Uh, I'm going to give it a seven five barrel. It's a seven and a half barrel. Wow. Yeah. So, I agree with Sal. It's a pretty easy sipper. I think from a nose and aroma, I get the oak. You didn't say oak. But we did say oak before. Did you didn't. Say, did I say oak? It's not in your notes. But did you say it? I thought I did. Okay, so there's definitely oakiness in the dry glass method. Um, some vanilla for me popping through. That's about it. I don't get the apricots or cinnamon. The tasting is there's definitely a wood undertone. There is incredible sweetness and a very. I don't get the burn you do. Maybe that's my charred esophagus. I don't know. I have no idea. I just don't get a burn. It's delicious. To be honest, um, and the finish is incredibly smooth, not complex. I love the taste. I honestly, for taste, um, I think it's really a, it's a three for me. So if you know anything about how I do the rankings, I kind of break it down for people. 
<laughs> Gotta break it down. Hopefully, DJ Rob in the house. So uh, the taste is definitely a three. I think the aroma for me is a little bit. It's a little bit lackluster. I don't have that uniqueness that we've seen in some other bourbons. So I'm gonna go with a 1.5 there, and then the price really, really tickles me pink. Tickles you pink. Tickles huh? me pink. It tickles your fancy. Well, I paid 85 for it. And Sal's saying he's he's found this at at fifty five, so if you can find it for fifty five, it's a it's a knock out of the park. It's a it's a home run. If you find it for eighty five, I think it's still doable. But I think that's kind of like it makes it less desirable. Well, I mean, compared to other bottles in the eighty five dollar range, I, I I think it's overpriced. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm gonna go based on the fifty-five dollar range because fifty-five to eighty-five makes a big difference. Um, and with that said, I'm gonna say that I'll give it two in price, so that would give me a three, a five, a six and a half, and I'm gonna throw it a bonus half a point. So I'm gonna go a full seven barrel. Look at that, seven point oh. And for me, if you can find it at fifty-five, it is definitely a definitely a good bottle at fifty-five. Definitely a good bottle at fifty-five, but I I want to say it's definitely a shelf. Yeah, shelfer. I'm trying to think of a good word there, but something I couldn't. I will keep on my yeah, shelf. something I'm going to keep on my shelf. Definitely. Uh, you you know what's kind of disheartening is the uh, the secondary bourbon market uh, prices. I'm all for all the rage about Pappy Van Winkle or Rip Van Winkle. And I follow a lot of guys on, on, on Instagram that, that drink bourbon. And some of the guys are hunters and, you know, more power to them. Pappy Van Winkle, it's a, it's a $70, $80 bottle. When someone's trying to sell it to you for 250 bucks, thanks, but no thanks, man. I'm, I'm not paying secondary market prices. If I happen to come, if I happen to come across it for 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 a decent price, I'll even go up to a hundred bucks. But bourbon's great stuff, and you're passionate about it, and you got the money to spend on on, on secondary market prices. You know, more power to you. But eventually, shit comes around. Um, if you're traveling, just just look in, in different liquor stores, and, and you, you eventually come across. Something. Hope one of your friends finds it, so you can have some of it. Yes. But I think that concludes our seven-hour podcast tonight. It was rather long, but TG3 was awesome to have on. Uh, great interview tonight. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, be sure to listen to us on all the platforms we are on. Uh, too many to list. Uh, newly platform is uh, Clubhouse, which uh, thank you to TG3. That is awesome. He uh, sent us an invite, and we are on now. So if you're on Clubhouse, look us up. Uh, we both have our separate uh, accounts on Clubhouse, Rob and, and Sal. But thank you, everybody, and till next time, I'm Sal. I'm Rob. Peace. <laughs>